Welcome to episode number one of the J Bunny's Music Hub podcast. I'm your host, J Bunny. For those of you that may not be familiar with me, I'm a dude who loves music, and, and that's the idea behind this, is that I'm going to interview guys, and, and maybe eventually not guys, that are in bands that I like, um, and, and maybe eventually some that I don't like, that it would just be a good interview. Um, I'm all about supporting music in any way that you can, going to shows, or as they say at the New York Renaissance Fair, support live music, buy a CD. That's right, I still buy CDs, I don't do any of this... Uh, streaming or downloading stuff unless there's no other way to get the music and I always do it legally so this first episode uh, since this is my first time doing a show I figured I'd reach out to people I know friends and and whatnot in the music business so I interviewed uh, Chris Babbitt from Taking Dawn and Devil's Run and you'll hear that in just a bit um Going forward, I hope to get other friends on the show, and eventually not friends on the show, people that I'm fans of, and maybe not even musicians. Hopefully, eventually other people in the industry, you know, producers, other people in, in radio, promoters, you know, whatever. I, I, I just want to give a sort of look into the world of music. Um, you know, as, uh, as I like to say at the tail end of all of my posts, buy music or it's buy music. You know, you gotta you got to got to buy the stuff if you want it to survive. So, without further ado, here's Chris Babbitt. All right, it's Jay Bunny here. I'm at Webster Hall at Chris Babbitt from Devil's Run, formerly Taken Dawn. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing. Um, it's rainy, and there's no parking. And New York, like, the best part of New York is just being here. Everything else is not the best part. <laughs> I'm glad to see you guys finally out here, man. The last time that... Uh... I saw you here with this band or some incarnation in this band was a long fucking time ago. Um, I mean, it was the right... I, I see what you mean. But yeah, with Taking I Dawn, mean, it was... Uh, I think in this moment was the last time we played here. Yeah, I mean, I think the last time that I saw you with this band, uh, my girlfriend was pregnant at the time, whereas uh, wow. my, my son is uh, six now. That's right. That would, that would <laughs> be the right... Everyone's like, it's been eight years. It's like, no, it's been five and six. Six is about right. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So, I'm glad you have a, like an accurate yeah, yeah. chronological uh, landmark in yeah. your, your child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was the last show I think that she went to uh, before we were like, all right, no more shows until after the baby. That's pretty epic. And that was, yeah. And, uh, and that, was when, that was when In This Moment still played their old stuff. <laughs> well, I'm not going to that point. Yeah. I, don't, I don't dislike them. I love that band. I just, yeah. I'd like to hear Gun Show live. <laughs> You know, once in a while. <laughs> but uh, back to you. Uh, you know, you and I, as we were just saying, when I first met, uh, when Taking Dawn was signed to Roadrunner, and I was on the street team, tell me a bit about how you got to that point. How did you get on Roadrunner? And you know, I don't know. I think the long and short of it was we just ended up with the right manager. We got our, we did our demos with Jason Sukoff, who had done Trivium and was doing a bunch of, you know, he was doing everybody at the time because his shit was the baddest. And that, you know, like word of mouth sort of proliferated through there and Trivium themselves kind of knew about us sort of from some fan stuff and a little bit through Sukoff not really but a little bit they, didn't, they weren't completely oblivious I was a big fan so we had met before and then it was like oh that's that guy's band like oh that's interesting and then Justin flew out to see us and heard our demos and was into it and Justin hooked us up with 
Roadrunner. Roadrunner ended up liking what we gave them after a couple, you know, they put you through the developmental system. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's just like NXT. It's like <coughs> how many iterations. How, we got to the point where we found our, our 10 Ty yeah. Tillinger, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, not everybody starts off quite right. We got to, well, I don't know if that's a good one to use yet. Because we'll see. Yeah, he just, if, if he just, Ty goes over, if he doesn't, but I think he's got a good shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when you were on Roadrunner, you guys put out the, the EP, and then you put out the album. It wasn't a real EP. It was just like a, a, a teaser preface, well, which was yeah. awesome of them to use the artwork and get it out. So you know what it was? was they weren't going to release the record. We had nothing to sell on Dragon Force, Saliva, and All That Remains. Those were like four months almost of touring in a row and we had no merch to sell like besides a shirt no music to give yeah yeah so that was good because that would have hurt if we didn't have that i was frustrated i was like just release the record like no we want it to chart it's not gonna chart do you have a fucking song on the radio do we have a single no it's not gonna chart bro that's crazy want it to chart how are we gonna chart no one's gonna fucking go home and remember it it was frustrating but then they gave us that it was like oh and i've got to give Roadrunner is super kudos. I don't even think that that, I, as far as I know, that wasn't even on our bill. Like of all the recoupable oh, okay. shit, I think they just printed those EPs almost like samplers. Like if they were gonna be like radio samplers, but they weren't going with a radio budget. Cause it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't cost them. Trust me, having done it independently now, it don't cost them shit. Now that I, like what we paid them for, whole, like we would have to buy our CDs from them and then sell them to not only have them recoup the recoupable costs, but then also pay them back for buying us the wholesaler. So we kind of paid twice on the CDs and they cost fucking 80 cents to make. You know? right, like right. the whole fucking thing costs 80 cents to make. So for them, I used to be like, oh my God, they print all these for us for free. Thank you. And then I was like, oh, well, I mean, you, I'm glad that you did that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for <laughs> doing that. They did stuff for us. I, I, I don't shit on Roadrunner. Roadrunner was killer. Right, so you, you you had that and you had the album and you guys also, through Roadrunner, you wound up on that God of War EP, which was fucking fantastic. Yeah, that's a fun one. And, uh, and that was a song we never would have gotten to record because it was a metal song from Seven Sundays that, just like V, wouldn't have seen the light of day because that wasn't that was the style that piqued their interest, but they already had Trivium. Yeah, yeah. And they weren't looking for a band that was like, we want to compete with Trivium, you know? We want to be like neck and neck with those guys because we loved what they were doing. Yeah, like, yeah. We wanted to compete with them and Avenged and be right there, and that's not what they wanted to sign. And I wrote some different demos and they were into those. They were like, oh, well this is different. Nobody's really doing this. We would be interested in this. And that's all I can, I just need to get signed. So I thought, yeah. figure foot in the door, we could you know, worry about second record, maybe getting a little heavier, doing what we want to do. Not that I didn't want to, like, I love 80s shit. I yeah, yeah. have to, I can't, you can't do that and like, it all be a farce. Because I don't love active rock shit and I can't just write that yeah, because yeah. it's just not my style at all. Well, you said second record, that's where I was sort of going. Um, you know, when you guys, before rebranding as Devil's Run, was there anything left over, anything written that was ready for a second record? Oh, well, I mean, I had done stuff written, um, stuff that didn't necessarily make it to even demo stages to give them for the second record. We did do demos, but that was during the Warner transition, and they were extending our option continuously because they were figuring out what they were going to do. And, and I think Dave Rath, who was still on house, because we lost like our whole team, Yeah. Um, I think he was still fighting to try to keep us, but I think he also ultimately knew that it wasn't gonna happen unless, you know, they were hoping maybe we would deliver this like, in a, you know, like, uh, incontrovertible smash hit that he could be like, nope, keep this band, you know? So I, awesome that Dave even tried that, you know? Mm -hmm. Super cool. And they were cool to us with the split, you know, the, the name change had nothing to do with Warner Brothers or 
You see, I was going to get there. I think at some yeah, point was it. What, what, what sort of what sort of brought that it's on? Just because I know stuff. that you guys, you sort of. When Mike left, it yeah, just Mike be- left. That was I was going to say. Mike left, and and uh, you, you and Andrew originally were 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 Devils Run, and you added some new members. Uh, but I, is Andrew still in the band? No, or? no, just the first EP. Okay, because he's with- still because I saw because I noticed. I mean, he's in Adelaide this way, but he's still listed as a band member on. Uh, that's just because I haven't updated them. Oh, okay. That's and it's also because I didn't have a permanent guy. I didn't want to put three guys' names up before I found a guy. Okay, that's you know? fair enough. And I thought I had a guy, and we almost went on tour with him, and then it just didn't work out. And if you had asked me then, I would have told you this is my motherfucker. Okay. And it was like, oh, motherfucker. So yeah, I um, think the I guy think I have that... now, on the other hand, I am I couldn't be more happy with. So I re- you know, I'm looking to change the name. We put his name in the actual album art, so... Yeah, I'm gonna. I saw you guys have a CD for sale down there that uh, got some stuff on it. I don't have yet, so I'm gonna grab that later. That's the idea. It's supposed to be exclusively available through Kickstarter, but for you. All right. Well, that's great. Um, but yeah, that was what that was was personal conflict that had some legal edge to it that we were trying to avoid, which didn't have any basis or any grounds to come to fruition, yeah. but would have been a big, super long headache and, and maybe 10 times more expensive than it ended up being. Uh, none of it was necessary, but that's just the way things happen. Well, what that was. What are you gonna do? That sort of ties into some other, so we're Roadrunner, you guys were, were dropped or you just sort of parted ways? Yeah, no, 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 we, we were dropped. We, they extended our option a couple times for the second record, and when we didn't give them like a smash obvious fucking, this is gonna be a huge song single, there wasn't really any impetus for them to keep us on right. or develop us because they dropped all the developing bands. All the baby bands all got dropped. Right, yeah, no, I know because around the they, same... All they kept were the heritage acts and acts that were selling because they got, they got conglomerated. I mean, they were assimilated and they had to make sure they were producing. Obviously, their quotas to meet. Why are you going to keep a band that you're... Like, I think we had broke even on... Broken even on uh, our, like, our recruitment. I think we were about a dead heat as far as, because we ended up, did, we did take a little tour support for the Airborne tour because touring in Europe is so expensive. Right. KISS paid for itself, but Airborne, our, you know, our guarantee wasn't enough to do shit. Right. Because so, you have to get hotels and you have to have a driver. Yeah, um, so that's just the way that goes, you know? So, um, and then I guess... Also, so are you not in touch with like Mike and any of the previous members anymore? I mean, I see. Oh I, yeah, Deuce, Deuce and I are friends. I, um, I see that Mike is uh, after whatever happened, and he left. He started another project, and he was uh, doing some Chippendale stuff. I'm not. We don't keep in touch the way we used to. Not really. You know, that's just you know we were, we were best friends for like ten years, and sometimes you know that's just that close quarters for that long. Yeah, it happens. Sometimes that yeah. happens. You know. Turning pages real fucking professional when you're turning pages on your record. So now getting into you mentioned uh, NXT. You know, I know from talking to you and I see you got a Chris Hero pin on your on your jacket there. Two of them. The uh, and know, this is a, a wrestling podcast ring crew. Oh nice. I'm not familiar with that one. I'll I got it from it PWG. I was talking to those dudes for a little bit. Oh that's cool, man. Yeah, I try I believe me. It's the only thing only thing in the world that makes me as happy as this is PWG. I try to go every month. It's so hard to get tickets, but the community down there for the last few years that I've been going is like, it takes me back to high school going to shows. It's that same sort of wonder, because music can't do that for me anymore. I love music so much, 
and there are new bands that tickle me and the old stuff tickles me but once you're part of the machine it takes a lot of the magic away from it mm. and there are things that you appreciate even more being on the inside and there are other things that when a band can make you feel the way you felt then that you really lose your shit like I'm loving Tribulation right now Tribulation, Horizont, and Witchcraft are like my fucking favorite bands right now right. because they just make me when I listen to it it's like yes this is everything it's supposed to fucking be you know, I have a million, million great bands, but those are the ones that I keep, new bands that I keep coming back to just going, yes, these are my fucking new dudes. I mean, obviously dudes like Holy Grail and Havoc and all kinds of other guys are killing, just totally slaying, and I love what they do, and they make me feel that way too. But yeah, these yeah. are bands with dudes who maybe I haven't cultivated personal relationships with, that it's kind of, it's fun to know that it just... The sheer sound turned your head. Yeah, I just heard a new Havoc track on uh, Liquid mm -hmm. Metal yesterday. Ooh. Fantastic. This shit is just the, this the record I have always wanted them to put out because their shit has always been great and it got better and better and better and better and I was just like, it, where is that definitive? Nobody can touch this. This is havoc. This is why they are the premier thrash band because they are they're the yeah. premier thrash band in the world. And it felt like the record, almost like you always hear people saying, "Oh, like the recordings don't capture them." You know, like you yeah. always hear that from older bands and even live bands now. Yeah, I know but, that was a thing that Kiss got for a while. Was that? That's true, sure. Um, but I just felt like maybe because Dave's attention was so splintered, it was so fractured, having to do so, he wore so many hats in the band that he, as, as of course, he's putting out the best music that he's writing, yeah. and it's badass. But now that he's unencumbered by all that shit, because some people can take some of that weight so that he can focus on writing clearly one of what will be easily the, like one of the baddest records of the year yeah. you know what I mean yeah. and their best record yeah <clears throat> and who knows what's next you know I'm just stoked because they they have all the, the members right the, the basis is insane Reese is like Dime meets Marty meets fuck I had the third one the other day we were listening to it and I was like this is Beans Loomis he's Dime, Marty, and Loomis just wrapped into this neat little package nice. they're, they're exceptional I love them that's great, man. Um, so what I was getting at was, did, uh, did you watch WrestleMania? Of course. Okay. I, I don't know. I wasn't sure oh, if you were no. on the road by then. I, you or... know what sucks is during WrestleMania, I was actually in the middle of editing uh, a bunch of shit for the Kickstarter that's, that yeah. we're launching. And I wanted it to be done, but I'm still actually on the road right now yeah. editing all this promotional stuff to help pump it when we go out. You know, when we launch it, because we don't want it to fail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think it'll do well, but you gotta stay on top of the promotion, otherwise you just leave it a chance, and that's stupid. Yeah, man. So what was your favorite match at WrestleMania? We can get into wrestling wow. a little bit. Neville and Aries. Definitely, that was a great one. Neville and Aries, I think, <clears throat> thought blew the fucking show away. Um, AJ and Shane was shockingly good. Taker Roman was every bit the blah fest that I thought it would be, and I was just bummed. Because I thought, because Roman usually comes through in a pinch. He may not be my favorite dude, but I want to see him do well. Yeah. I just, I feel like, one, they're not letting him find his own feet. They're telling him, here's your shoes, wear them. Right. And two, I don't know if he has his own feet to find, man. I don't know if he has his own gait and step to walk in. You know, yeah, he's yeah. walking in so many other people's shoes, and he's got a lot of... of responsibilities on his shoulders that they're just saying here it is and they didn't let him develop that Corbin is getting to develop that a little bit more yeah um, and some other guys too like Bray already had it and they just never gave him the fucking stick to run with man yeah I read an article 
What the fuck did they give him the belt for just to take it off of Randy? Because Randy was pissed that he's not keeping up with Cena and, and Trips? What the fuck? And fucking Randy Orton with his uh, little sperm entrance at WrestleMania. You notice that? That snake. Yeah, it they like, should have made that longer. It looked weird. Like, the head, it, sh- it should have just continued to extend. I always joke with the guys on the Club Kayfabe podcast, the wrestling podcast that I'm on occasionally, that uh, Roman Reigns, we have this running joke that when Roman Reigns says the ooh that he's blowing a load so that Roman Reigns should have had the sperm entrance. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that ooh He does it too many times. You can't do that a bunch of times. <laughs> like, that doesn't work. Fucking, but what was, what was the other matches on WrestleMania? There was the women's, Ambrose the had women's a matches. Match. Ambrose had a very solid match. The women's match was fantastic. I don't think it was quite as good as last year's, which was the match of the night easily. And last then, year's triple threat was the match of the night. This one was super, super, super close, but it was almost like the same match, except for the beginning, the dynamic of the four-way, where Nia cleaned house like she should. Yeah. And I haven't caught anything since, so no spoilers. No, I haven't been, I've been uh, on the road. As I mentioned to you outside, I kind of stopped watching when they reannounced uh, the brand split, but I do still watch the big four pay-per-views and some of the NXT uh, You're crazy, dude. Takeovers. SmackDown is the best ever. Well, I'll have to, I'll have to check that out. Now, do you think that The, uh, the Undertaker's really done? I mean, he'll be around as long as he can be. He's like Hogan. How many times has Hogan been done? But Hogan's back. You know in, what I mean? in WWE or all over? Well, okay. Well, I just Hogan I know retired that they, they from kinda... WCW. Came back. Retired from WWE. See, came back. back. Retired from TNA. Came back. See, when you said back, you know, WWE sort of cut ties with him after that sex nah, tape he'll be thing. Back. They're slow. No, they're slowly bringing him back already. They put him back on the website. Some of the merch started to come back. They just okay. they can't just jump back in with the well, stupid yeah, shit he said. Fair enough. I you know. completely agree. You know, no. But everybody, I mean, I think you got to do worse shit to be banned for life for that. You right. know, how many people from his generation have the same exact shit? They just didn't get. I mean, and shit. Even still, uh, even speaking of worse shit, I mean, they still they they finally started even putting like the Benoit stuff on the network, and look what he fucking did. No, Benoit has been on the network the whole time. No, oh, you mean acknowledging but I'm saying it? acknowledging, like even though they don't put the little bookmark there, word, like word, they word, they word, used word. to cut his shit out of everything and. His title histories on their site, like Benoit, just didn't sure. exist to them. And then when the well, network started, that's they... a much more delicate situation than yeah. Hulk Hogan's yeah, yeah. stupid shit. So... Stupid old man, <laughs> a fucking ingrained, inherent, leftover, dumbass racism. That's not even like full blown racism. It's just the way idiots talk sometimes. You know, doesn't mean it is acceptable. But he wasn't trying to go out fucking publicly and go nuts like some. No, yeah, it was, you know what I mean. Yeah, pillow talk. Yeah, he was an idiot. <laughs> What do you want? But uh, so, if you could have a wrestler use one of your songs as an entrance theme, like one of the songs you oh, guys already have, fuck. either either Devil's like Undertaker, pick a song that we already have. Yeah, pick one of your songs. Probably the new one, Free. That one's a super cool like wrestling intro kind of song. That's cool, man. I'll have to it check just that. it pumps up and it kicks in and then by its out. It's like yeah, I don't know. There's a bunch of shit, but that's one of them. And then and then tying into that, if you could write a new song that would be a theme for someone, who would you want it to be? Like who would you write a theme for? I'd love to write a song for Chris Hero, but I feel like he'd want something a little more hip-hop, and as much as I could do that, I would I would still want to write something that's more my speed, so, yeah. so, oh, I mean, Tommy N's a little too heavy, too, like, I don't think I'd write something, he'd be like, yeah, that's my shit. Maybe for Roddy Strong, Roddy might like something we like, we'd write, I don't cool. know, dude, I got so many guys, I got so many cats, I'd love to write a song for Speedball. Mike Bailey. Okay. I think he'd be, he'd be digging our shit, and you could have a little 80s vibe because he's got that karate kid thing going. Okay. You know what I mean? But it could be heavy. I think Speedball would be into it. That'd be cool, man. He's the man. I miss, dude, he got banned from, he got caught without a visa or something, so he's gone for still another three and a half years. 
Wow, he got sucks. a five-year ban. Ooh. And he was just picking, like, he was probably going to be PWG champ. If not, he was going to be the Bola winner. You know? I'd love to write a song for Zack Sabre Jr., but I know that motherfucker don't want my music. <laughs> so, dude, so many great cats. There's so many. And then, uh, just last on the, on the wrestling front, um, you had once told me that you guys actually did write a song for Happy WWE. Born. But then, well, we didn't write it. Well, you Jim didn't write Johnston it, but right, you guys were going to perform it. But we, got, then... we got tapped to, to record it, so we recorded it. And we got tapped to record it while I was on vacation. <laughs> Got a phone ringing in the background here. Oh, sorry. Is that right? Uh, up on that motherfucker. <laughs> so, we were tapped to write it. We were tapped while I was in the middle of a fucking vacation. That, you know, personal vacation. We don't get time off. It's hard to see our loved ones. I fucking spent a lot of money to take us down to fucking uh, Disneyland for the weekend, right? Which is not cheap. And we're staying at the fucking Hilton. I put all this money to it. And they're like, we need you to do this song, but it has to be done now. It's like, it has to be done right now in order for us to get this. Of course I want to do it. And so my woman was fucking super understanding. She's like, okay, because I thought I'd be a day. So I fucking gave her my, I like, sent her to the spa, have a spa day. We'll do Disneyland the next two days instead of three days and all the other shit we were going to do. We're going to go down to fucking uh, Balboa Park and all this other shit. So we're supposed to do that song. And only Andrew came prep to play the song. Only he had any idea what was going on when I was assured that all that other shit would get taken care of. And it didn't. And so we, I fucking lose, I lose two days of my trip to make this song happen. And at the end of it, because we're, we're given very strict guidelines that we cannot change that much. We can add little things, but we have to change, we can't change the lyrics, can't change the structure, have to keep the melodies for the most part on what he's doing. And it was just hard because he, it was, honestly, it sounded like a leftover ass song from 1988. I did, did not sound like a new recording. It did not sound like some shit he wrote post Randy Orton era. It sounds like some shit he wrote after he wrote Ultimate Warrior and threw it away because like nobody wants this twangy bluesy shit and then pulled it out for Evan Warren. I don't know. That might not be true, but that's how it felt. And the motherfucker gives, <laughs> we finished recording it. Our producer sent Logan Mater. He sends it to the guy, Jim Johnston. And Johnston is, I don't, I don't understand what happened. I was in the studio with my woman we're watching the phone conversation and we're watching Logan, who is the most chill dude on the planet, his whole demeanor change. And he gets up and he walks outside. And I see, and he walks in circles for like 25 minutes talking to this guy and comes back in. And I've never seen somebody so frustrated. And I couldn't, under, like, to get under Logan's skin is insane because he just, like, whatever, blows shit off. Why is he going to worry about it? He was so upset. Whatever the guy wanted, that we had not quite achieved. And he, was, and he was like, I'm trying to explain him. We're doing exactly what he's saying. If he'd like something different, he needs to explain to us what he wants different so we can change it. But he would keep saying, like, that's exactly what we're doing. So we, we, lost this, we lost the song. And I was super bummed because I'm, I'm an insane fucking Matt Seidel fan. And I would have been really angry about it except that my friends in Mutiny yeah, got it, got and it. Chris and the boys are fucking awesome. So I was really just more envious. I was like, well, they got to do it. And then Evan got dropped, which was horseshit. Now, did that come through Roadrunner? Because it went from you guys to Mutiny Within. I, it must have been something that Roadrunner got tapped for, because it would be weird. But we had been, as far as I knew, they had requested us specifically for the sound that they heard from us, huh. which is why it was weird. Like, maybe... We didn't get it enough to sound like what our record sounded like because it was a little heavier. Right. Um, but it's a different recording. What do you want, man? You know? 
And if that was the case, he should have said that. But he and maybe that's what he meant. But he couldn't elucidate. And uh, you know, the producer was like, "It's like talking to a child." And he's not with them anymore. So that makes sense. Yeah. So thanks a lot, Jim. You ruined my fucking vacation. I'm sure you're a fucking millionaire. You worked with them long enough, and you couldn't even explain to me what you wanted. So we didn't get to use the song either, Mr. Johnston. You owe me two days in Disneyland and a fucking WWE intro song. So do they still have, like, your version of it floating around somewhere in the WWE? I don't know. Somebody got a hold of it and put it on the fucking YouTube. It's not a very good copy, but I don't know how they got it. Okay, because I haven't heard. I know that you told me that it existed, but I've never heard your version. uh, You can look up the Taking Dawn version. Or even if it's just alternate version, there's a ton of them up. I have no idea how I got it. Which was cool, because I don't even have a copy of it. So I got to listen to it the other day. I was like, oh, you had a good solo. I was pumped on the solo. I might still use that solo over, like, a similar chord arrangement. (laughs) There you go. So the last time that that you and I saw each other, uh, you were up in Poughkeepsie uh, playing guitar with Gemini Syndrome. Yeah. Um, Now, was that... Now, obviously, you're not still with Gemini Syndrome. Nope. Uh, Was that always supposed to be a temporary gig, or...? I have no idea. I think so. I asked. I asked. I asked. I've seen. I saw Aaron since then. I asked him about it, and and, and what he said to me was, "Chris was a great guy. He just. I don't think he was the guy." Sure, that sounds Uh, right. I don't think that I meshed with their style very well. Um, I think that they're all wonderful guys. Yeah, it's a great band. It's a great band. You know, Um, I totally get that. And the time you've seen my show, like, it's hard for me not to do that. That's why I'm up there. When I was trying to tone it down, it was the only time I've never. It was the only time I've ever not enjoyed being on stage. Mm. And I was just trying so hard to tone it down so it would be what they wanted because I wanted to give them what they wanted. Yeah, That's yeah. why I went out. I wasn't out there. I really was not out there for me. I, I, it just, it's in you, man. Now, how did you get that gig in the first, like, how did that gig come My drummer, around? Tim, my former drummer, Tim, who went on to, from Ashes to New, managed by Rob McDermott. Rob McDermott at the time managed Gemini. Gemini was short a guitarist. They needed a guy, I had a van and a trailer, they needed a van and a trailer for part of the tour, for like the, the front and the back end of the tour. Um, and they needed a guy who could play the stuff because they really, I think they really didn't want to miss out on that Avatar, that Avatar tour, tour yeah. especially when they were recording their label at the time. And, because they signed a Century, right? Uh, yeah, the uh, Another Century. Another century. Yeah, yeah, and they were recording all that and I think that was just, they needed to have an ensemble to present so I don't know that it, I mean I'm sure they were considering like oh if this guy works out this is the guy but like like, he, like Aaron said man you know um, I'm glad to hear that because I have because they never told me anything at the end it was just like peace and I'm like okay and then and then some other stuff and so I'm glad to know it wasn't because they thought or at least he's, at least they didn't think I was a big enough of a dick to talk shit. No, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. Which I don't think was the case. I thought we got along well. Yeah, yeah. But I totally understand that. Complete styles clash, bro. Yeah, I saw them. Uh, you know, I had that conversation with him at the Stanhope House. They they came through and uh, got asked him about that. Yeah, he, and he said that he he's it's seen... like putting Jimmy Jacobs with uh, Matt Jackson. It's just <laughs> nah, nah. I'm, I'm more like Nick Nick Jackson. <laughs> I could see that. I'm all over the place. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like, what's this odd couple here? Doesn't mean it couldn't work, but. Um, so when you it's announced. It's like Paige and Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there haven't been any, uh, any Bailey uh, sex tapes yet. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. I was, I gotta say, that was a little exciting, if I'm being honest, when the Paige tapes came out. It's a bummer, man. Poor girl with privacy. Oh, well, I, all I know. All three of them. I know. I mean, I'm you not. Know? I, 
I, I understand that. I'm not going to discount no, that. But no, at least you're honest about it. Everybody's yeah. excited. Every, about it. Yeah, every time when, when I first saw Paige, uh, that was my first thought was, man, I'd love to see that chick naked. And, I know a lot of people who <laughs> agree with you. But uh, so when you, uh, did we get this? No, yeah, we already did this. I asked you if Andrew was still the band in the city is not. Um, no, no, he recorded on that. Um, he's full-time Adelitas, full attention Adelitas, and he did the first EP with us, and then we were trying to find someone permanent, because obviously, you know, we weren't trying to part-time Andrew. Yeah, yeah. And it just doesn't work that way. You know, we wanted to be able to do that, but it's such a wonderful right. gig. And you're friends with those dudes, too, right? You guys are... Oh, dear friends. I mean, because I know that you, you also did some touring work with them. Yeah, that's... I'm, I'm like... I'm the portal through which so many people pass into the bands that they're in. Uh, just because I, you know, being friends with everybody and it, I like to put great musicians in touch with other great musicians and sometimes it works out. Yeah. You know? So, um, you guys are in the middle of this tour right now and you had mentioned that you, you got a uh, Kickstarter which has yet to, yet to launch. We wanted to launch it with the tour to coincide with everything so it was hot. Uh, I didn't want to launch it without the tour because I didn't want people, I wanted people to know that it's we are up and running in a big way. Um, but there's, we shot a little bit of more ambitious than we had realized video for the story. And it would be fine if it could be a fucking five minute video, but they recommend that you not do more than a two minute video, two and a half maybe. And you know, we shot like 20 minutes worth of footage because I didn't want to script it out too much, I just talked. And then for the story to make sense and be cohesive, I have to cut out a lot, and then we had all these ideas. Just like everything we do, it's way more ambitious than even we realize until we're doing it. Right. You know, like once the solo is done, we're like, "Wow, that is a big fucking section. This is awesome." And <laughs> wow, it's kind of hard to play, you know, but it sounds awesome. So I don't want to give people a shitty version, but I also, this is the most labor-intensive tour I've ever done because I'm driving, I'm loading, I'm playing, I'm fucking basically I'm TMing, I'm tour managing the whole thing. But on top of the driving and so much other stuff and you know my guys are new to the touring scene yeah and there are some things that are not as obvious and whereas i feel like as taking dawn like we took like ducks to water i don't remember really having to deal with any of that then like here and there it was like oh let's do this but you know everybody wants to have a good time and i don't want to be the fucking debbie downer constantly but it, it does he's calling me dad all the time and i'm like i'm sorry i just i want to make sure we're on point because yeah. There's a business aspect of this that we can't, we gotta be going out there, we can't be losing our ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we need to be coming back fruitful. Otherwise, why the fuck are we out here? Right. And they know that, and they hustle hard, and it's just hard to get everybody focused and in the swing of things, and this is new, and it's exciting, and it's tedious, and it's all that at once. So I've never been so inundated with so much work, and, and even less sleep, that I just, there's no time for me to edit. Obviously, you know, you and I know each other. I met the guys, some of the guys uh, downstairs as you guys were loading in. But so who's in the band? Who, tell me about the guys that are in the band now and how did you meet them and get them in Steve the band? An Steve Anderson is uh, my co-lead guitar and he does all the uh, engineering for our independent stuff with the exception of the couple that we have listed in the credits. Um, and really, I think it's only like two songs that we've released that we're not engineered by Steve. We're, we do it all in his room. It's a Steve studio, you know, <laughs> Studio La Steve. And you could tell from the progression of the EP is that he just, you know, he gets better and better at it. And the new one has the best recording that we've done to date. 
And the whole reason of that was because we really wanted to pump this Kickstarter so that we could get the proper funds to do it with someone like Logan Mater. Yeah. You know, someone who is the legit professional who can make it sound the way everybody wants it to sound. Because if all these songs that we released sounded the way that our previous $100,000 record sounded like, I would not get some of the comments where they're like, oh, you know, I wish it sounded like this. Well, yeah. I, do, I do too. But it's but I also grew up loving Shadows Fall. It sounded like it was recorded on a porta potty at the bottom of a lake. You know, <laughs> like it sounds like hell. But some of my favorite songs in the world are on that. So I know that there are people who can hear through it, and there are people who need the production. And it was a way for us to stay relevant and continue to put that out and to kind of demo for what's going to be on the record because we have some stuff that obviously will be fresh for the record. No one's heard, but we might even take a poll to see what the favorites are that people would like included from what we've already released. Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of those, I want to get the proper treatment because when they do, they'll just be fucking unrelenting, you know? So who else is in the band? Um, that's, well, Dunio Puente, we just call him D. He's DP, which is too funny that those <laughs> are his real initials. Uh, he's the little stud muffin, his badass drummer. He actually was someone I almost tapped for taking Dawn when Deuce left, but he was 18 and it was just like, he was just a little too green. Mm. And we got Carlo, and Carlo was fantastic, you know. But but D was right there actually at the same time talking to, him. and we just he we kept in touch the whole time and ended up finally getting to do a project together. Getty we got right before this tour because the guy we had we didn't have a guy got a guy couldn't do it got another guy totally flaked, and I was like fuck we're gonna have to play the tracks on this fucking tour we're gonna have to have bass tracks or no bass that's gonna be weird because mm. the harmony solos to nothing make no sense yeah yeah you know you need that guide. And this dude was badass lead guitarist I knew from his band, where he's the lead singer. And I just knew he was super dedicated, and he was always looking for people who were as dedicated as he is. And I lucked out, and was like, bro, you should just come out and do it. And he did it, and now we're synced up so well that I think we got the group. I think we have the unit where I can forge ahead full steam instead of kind of being like, okay, we're not ready, because I, I wouldn't show this to a label, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Not that we're necessarily trying to go that route, but if I don't, well, that have, was my next question. If I don't <laughs> have that group, to feel that confident with, then how can I move forward in any direction? Yeah, yeah. You know, and it costs a lot of money to do this shit. Yeah, I mean, this that's, is not that's free. The, People like it. music may be free now, but making it sure shit isn't touring it, not even close. And you know, we got to live. Yeah. So, what do you think about the the people that? I mean, obviously, sort of the way that the the industry used to be. It's not that, like you said, music is free now. Uh, what do you think about the people that say, "Oh, well, the, you know." The money is in, in touring. Is that true? Yeah, what the or? fuck they're talking about? The only money that's left is in touring, but they don't know what the fuck they're talking about unless they're making pop music. Right. You know, yes, there is, but for all the indie bands that I know who do it, like, it's still skin on my teeth kind of shit, you know? Yeah. And it's just true. I have, I have friends and bands you would think were doing fucking phenomenally, and they're, doing, they're making a living, but you can't retire on making a living. You can't save on that anymore. Right. You make a living like you could live on it. You know what I mean? So, and few of them go home. Like, I go home and work between every two. I work fucking 80-hour shifts when I go home. <laughs> and that's and I did that in Taking Dawn, too. It's no difference. The only reason I can still do it is because I made money off of that. And, and it's tough when you're not trying to write that radio single because that is where there's some money because of the publishing monies that are involved in the promotion of a song of that nature, you know? Otherwise, and there is, and, and, and I, fucking people are going to be listening to this going, fuck, you don't know what you're talking about. We tour, we do great. 
That's true. There are bands that do it, but I know a lot of bands that I'm sure people like who are listening to this listen to, who are doing okay at best. And it's because you don't buy their music, motherfuckers. Because that goes into a million other things, you know. So keep buying that merch. Yeah, that's no, I mean, a big that's, thing. I mean, that's why I, all the all the posts in the music hub. Uh, when I uh, when Tommy Jones uh, asked me to, to be a part of the uh, the industry embers and you know, the hashtag buy music or it's buy music. I mean, yeah. I, I really believe that, and and it's hard to, to get other people to, to buy into that. You know, sure. They they think that that uh, even even I was having a conversation with a friend the other day um, about Spotify and he said, well, you know, what do you think about the unlimited uh, you know subscription to Spotify? Said, well, I mean, I don't use personally. I don't use Spotify. I buy CDs, but. You know, I've heard that they, maybe the last one. I mean, I've I've heard that they pay people like shit. I mean, I, I believe that at some at one point, Taylor Swift was saying boycott Spotify. They don't pay us. Sure. You know, so uh, it, that's great. If it, 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 I feel like what what I maybe they didn't do anything. Was it? I think they got who they got somebody to up what Apple Pay, Apple Music got it up to like two cents. Yeah, a some, stream or something, something like, that? like that. I don't know. Like I, yeah, I. Uh, it is less than that. Lots of, lots of times it's fractions of a cent for a stream, depending on. It's a whole bullshit rubric they got together for yeah. it. So I guess yeah, that's that's why I still buy CDs, you know. Which is great. I just that's definitely. I mean, people half the people were selling to at these shows are like, I don't even own a CD player. You know, their computers don't even have disk drives anymore. <laughs> that's true. I didn't well, no, I've seen that. I went I went to buy a new laptop because I needed one. And uh, yeah, they don't come with them, and I don't want to buy a computer that does not have a CD drive because I like to have the CD and then rip it to the hard drive no, to I put agree, it on my that's phone. That's old thinking. Yeah. People just go to YouTube. They don't use Spotify. They don't use Apple Music. They don't use fucking Tidal or whatever that nightmare is. <laughs> they just. Do, I mean, there are people who do, but most people don't. Most of the people I know don't. Yeah. So. Wow. So you got the Kickstarter coming up. You got the the tour going on. What's next after the tour? I assume Hopefully the Kickstarter. Hopefully a couple will... more tours. Very possibly overseas a tour. None of that is confirmed, but it's in the legit works. But it's all predicated on one thing happening after another, happening after another. So right now we got to focus on the Kickstarter. Hopefully we'll be back on the road right after that, and then recording, and then in UK. So that's the those are the dominoes setting up. We'll see if they fall. Um, there's only so much you can control yourself with that. That's right. the other thing about crowdfunding is, you know, like, I don't like to crowd, I don't, and we never did a crowdfund because I like to go out there and fucking hustle it and work it myself, because I can tell you right now, like, these are the CDs I'm gonna sell tonight. How many people do we play for? I will sell to 75% of this audience, and I'll bet we do it, and we do it. You know what I mean? Or whatever it is, so. But with that, I don't know. So we're just trying to make it genuine and hope there's still enough of an audience interested in helping us achieve that end. And I think there is, and I think what we're cultivating on the road, especially we're getting the better reactions than we ever got even with Taking Dawn. And we got crazy reactions with Taking Dawn. People running out getting tattoos and shit. So the fact that this group captured that fire the same way and had, and Taking Dawn fans are like, that's the best we've ever heard you guys do that. That show was just off the chain. It was like, I mean like, People were like, don't fucking bullshit me, I don't have time. Was it or are you just being nice because you know, I'm just now back on the road with yeah. something that's my own project? They're like, no, dude. So that's nice. That's nice to know that we are hitting the mark. And will you guys be, you guys are still playing the Taking Dawn material, right? Yeah, it's my, they're my fucking songs. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, it was never supposed to be a different project, but it developed into its own concept 
And then it gave me artistic freedom to do a lot more shit that I couldn't do when we were on the run. Right. So. And so you would just, just to kind of cap this off, you had said that uh, you're not sure if you want to try and get on a label. They have a, I mean, nobody has a deal that anybody wants to take. Look at it, maybe we want to do this so we can own our own record and then do a distribution deal. Because, you know, the label's good for hookups, but we would rather get a management team in place that's the same thing. Right. You know? And, uh, yeah, you know, I was like, what would you change? I would go back and make sure I never let that falter happen where I would lose my management team. Because I don't even know what happened. I, it was communication that never made it to me. And those are people who I considered family, who I suddenly wasn't talking to. And I don't understand why. And there's a lot of shit in between about that. I really got to go warm up. All right, man. Yeah, it sounds like they're starting. So right. thanks. Thanks, man. I'll see you down there.
And that was Devil's Run with the song Free, the opening track off their new EP, Made Me Do It. I want to thank Chris for being on the show. I didn't quite get to do that during the interview because he had to go. Uh, the opening band was starting and he had to go get warmed up for his set. But uh, it was great to see Chris in town. We had a great fucking time after the show, just hanging out, fucking bouncing around New York City. Went to Barcade for the first time and just there's a lot of wandering around in the city. I don't get to do much. I tend to just go there for a show and then leave. It's nice to spend some time outside of a venue in New York City. So um, I don't know when the next episode is going to air. And I want to apologize to anybody that noticed the, the uh, all the background noise on this one. Uh, you know, Chris and I did the interview inside Webster Hall. We kind of went upstairs where there was no one around. But, uh, uh, you know, we got some... Uh, you could hear the, the music coming from downstairs and uh, phone ringing at one point, which I made mention of. And uh, then we left that room and you got a TV in the background. Hopefully uh, future shows have less background noise. But, you know, you work with, uh, you work with what you got. So... Uh, Thanks again for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you can go and uh, leave any comments you want on the uh, J Bunny Music Hub Facebook page. That's at J Bunny's Music Hub. Um, and um, I'll have a, a Twitter soon. I don't have one yet for the for the Music Hub. I only have my personal Twitter, which is uh, at spiked underscore Ryu. Um, but uh, there'll be a J Bunny Music Hub Twitter soon. There is a J Bunny Music Hub channel on YouTube, which I'm going to use to create playlists of all the weekly features and daily features that I post in the Music Hub, as well as uh, these episodes. And I also have uh, an on-air interview that... Uh, not an interview, I don't know. I was on air with uh, Jose Mangan on Sirius uh, XM Liquid Metal a couple years ago. Uh, I've never posted that because I'm not sure that I have the permission to do so, but if I ever uh, get that or, or whatever, that'll be on that YouTube uh, channel as well. Um, and if anybody has any suggestions for uh, bands they want me to feature on my hashtag Daily Discovery or hashtag Undercover or hashtag What's New, uh, feel free to uh, leave those suggestions on the page or you can email me at jbunnymusichub at gmail.com. And if you have any uh, suggestions for interviews, uh, I mean, you can suggest all you want, uh, but... You know, I'm not going to get, like, fucking Bruce Dickinson or anything as awesome as that would be. But if you guys uh, have anybody that you want, you, the, the reasonable that you think I can get, uh, let me know. If you have any hookups with anybody that uh, you think you can get me to interview, you can, you know, I can get an interview with, uh, then again, let me know at uh, JBunny Music Hub on Facebook and JBunny Music Hub at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, guys. Till next time. Don't forget, guys, buy music or it's buy music. You can also follow uh, another page that I help run on Facebook, the Industry Embers, which is all about um, promoting the purchasing of music instead of stealing it. Uh, any new music purchases you make, you can uh, tweet at Industry Embers or post on the Facebook page with what the purchase was that you made and always end it with the hashtag buy music or it's buy music. All right, again. Till next time, guys. I mean it this time. Bye-bye.